The Morning Show on 95.3 WBCK. And here's Tim Collins. Good morning, 808. A little bit later on, we'll talk with Dr. Randy Mudge, radiation oncologist at Bronson Cancer Center here in uh, Battle Creek. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about lung cancer, what you can do to prevent it, what uh, advances they've made in treating it. We're going to talk about the health of our economy in West Michigan right now. Dr. Brian Long is the Director of Supply Management Research at Grand Valley State University, and he's on our line right now. Dr. Long, good morning to you. Indeed, good morning. A little bit of a haze out here today, but that's typical of this time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed, uh, hazy in many ways. Uh, (laughs) Hey, we have some news uh, that our, our Battle Creek City Commissioners will address tonight. Um, in, uh, and it ties into the economy. Uh, one thing they're going to do is consider an Oprah district for downtown where the McCanley Plaza Hotel sits empty. And, uh, this would, uh, if the commissioners decide, uh, to create that district, then the, uh, owners of the properties could apply for some tax exemptions or, uh, deferments or I'm, I'm struggling to find the right word right now. Um, and then they could they could actually have some incentive to rehabilitate uh, what they're calling an obsolete property. Well, that sounds encouraging to me. I guess uh, the downtowns of many cities uh, have gone through urban redevelopment for really the last. 70 or 80 years, I guess I would have to say. And this is obviously an encouraging trend uh, when they actually do get something fixed up and ready to go again. Well, that's such an important cog in uh, the Battle Creek downtown area. And then, uh, of course, uh, manufacturing-wise, our Fort Custer Industrial Park, and we're actively always looking for new players out there, and the city commission tonight will uh, look at a uh, tax abatement proposal that could bring in a big snowplow company, Viking Cervais, uh, to invest uh, in a $25 million factory that would employ close to 100 people to start uh, by the end of next year. And, boy, they're making these giant snowplows. So uh, that's kind of encouraging, too. But, uh, of course, the, the big problem that you've noted in your reports recently is these manufacturers finding people to fill the jobs they have. Well, that's the big problem that many are having, and uh, in fact, in particularly in the automotive fa- field, uh, the big three of, in particular have come to the existing suppliers that are doing a great job and say, please expand. They say, we can't expand because we can't fill the jobs that we have open now. So we aren't going to spend $10 million on a new expansion just to have it set empty. <laughs> so uh, this is a problem not just here, but it is a nationwide problem. And it crosses just about every class uh, of job that's out there right now. And you've noticed, I have to say right now, this is probably a record level of help wanted signs that have been uh, posted. Almost every business that you seem to walk past has a help wanted sign. 
And so that's that's the state which we are right now. We obviously need uh, more people at just about every level. <laughs> well, this company that uh, is planning to move into our Battle Creek area, if they get the tax abatement, uh, wants to. Uh, well, actually, they're they're kind of excited about being able to work with the regional manufacturing technology center at Kellogg Community College to help train new hires and, and that sort of thing. So it's it's nice that we have that here. Well, one of the problems, as you indicated, is the high schools have been turning out people that are prepped to go to college uh, and as opposed to what they did a few years ago, which is, of course, uh, they had vocational education. Boy, we've really downgraded the professional, that kind of education, the vocational education, uh, in favor of, again, total cross-the-board college prep. And that is really what has hurt us right now. We just simply, the high schools are not turning out the correct people for what the job market is right now. And that that is hurting us, uh, I guess I have to say, more than just uh, in the Battle Creek area, but across the nation. (laughs) Dr. Long, when you collect data for your monthly report, basically you're polling the purchasing managers at industry all around uh, West Michigan. Have you been able to get a take on uh, their thought as to how much the extra $300 a month offered by the uh, government for unemployment, how that figures into, do they consider that a barrier toward being able to get people to come back to work or hire? Uh, Particularly at the lower wage levels, yes, they do. Uh, because the between the already fairly liberal state unemployment and the federal unemployment on top of that, it often does come out to more than they were necessarily willing to offer. Of course, this all comes to an end in September, and September isn't very far away, so to a certain extent, the employers aren't going to be able to use that as an excuse. As we move move into the fall... Uh, I think what you're going to find is that more than that 37% that we've already polled are going to have to raise their wages in order to attract people. And that's what I see going forward is that $15 an hour that everybody has been talking about. Uh, for the respondents to our survey, that's pretty much already a reality. There are some very good jobs out there for more than $15 an hour, uh, that they still can't fill for a variety of reasons. And if this new plow company comes in, I do believe they'll be able to fill those jobs because of the curiosity that people are going to have of, gee, it would be nice to go to work for a new firm. <laughs> sure, yeah. Now, the U.S. headline employment for uh, July came in at 5.4%, but I was looking at some of the stats in your report. Calhoun County seems to have the highest unemployment, at least for June, at 6.8%. Uh, pretty and Now, Grand Rapids was fairly high, too, at I think maybe 6.5%, but what's going on there? What's happening, of course, is we still have some lag as far as our local industries are concerned. Yes, automotive is doing great, but on the other hand, automotive keeps shutting down production lines for lack of particularly those electronic components that they've been talking about. So for that reason, it goes backward in the supply chain. Here we have a local firm that you come to work, uh, and they say, well, come next week, we're just plain shutting down because whoever we are supplying 
already has too much, or in most instances, they are shutting down as well. So that hurts. Uh, Of course, West Michigan does a lot of office furniture, and that industry is going through a redefinition or so right now. So we have those kinds of industries right now that are held back, I guess I should say, because of other factors in the economy. (laughs) And we had hoped that maybe the supply chain woes might ease a little bit, but uh, really not seeing that yet, are we? No, unfortunately, the predictions were that by early fall, and of course we're getting close to early fall, uh, that everything would start to even out, uh, and we're still hoping that that will be the case. In fact, that's the Federal Reserve's position right now, that this whole problem right now is transitory, as they call it, and that by the time we get to late in the fall or early uh, winter, I guess I should, should add to that, that we're going to be somewhat normal. Well, uh, it's going to have to hustle awfully quick right now to be normal by the end of the year, the way I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so really uh, no predictions at this point. There, there's really not much to go on. No, we're in uncharted territory right here, and even the Fed uh, admits that. They want to believe, though, that this is transitory because, of course, they don't want to raise interest rates. If they raise interest rates, it's not going to be well received by the uh, financial markets, of course, and uh, if they raise them too much, of course, uh, it does slow the economy at a time when we don't want the economy to slow. Dr. Brian Long, Director of Supply Management, Grand Valley State University, is our guest. And when we come back in a moment, uh, we'll look into some other economic factors. Dr. Brian Long, Director of Supply Management and Research at Grand Valley State University, is uh, with us right now. Dr. Long, what is the religion of JIT? Oh, gosh. Probably about 20 years ago or so, JIT came in, just-in-time inventory, and it became a religion from the standpoint that if you weren't running your factory with JIT inventory, you just weren't up-to-date. The result, of course, is is that firms cut their inventory and sometimes just simply pushed it back to their suppliers. Uh, But nonetheless, the idea was to have minimum inventory, which works great as long as the supply chain is very smooth. But what we found out in the last few months or so since this pandemic began, that this supply chain can get very messed up, and it's still messed up. Uh, We can't get enough trucks. We can't get enough overseas containers. We can't get enough truck drivers. All of these things have influenced the supply chain, and what happens when the supply chain is threatened is firms tend to lay in extra inventory. Now, we have not accumulated as much inventory at the industrial level uh, in really the last 30, 40 years or so of what we have accumulated now. I'm not sure what that means when uh, we the threat uh, abates and we start exhausting that inventory. But nonetheless, uh, that's what's happening in the industrial world right now. Inventories are going up, and we're not just talking small inventories. We're talking multi-multi-million dollar inventories. <laughs> Speaking of worldwide, uh, J.P. Morgan International Survey, talk about that a little bit. 
But J.P. Morgan that surveys the entire world, well, what they really do is collect the purchasing manager surveys from as many as 44 different countries and then put them into one statistic, and that statistic at this point in time is very positive. Still on the uptrend as far as the entire world economy is going. There's a few soft spots. Uh, of various countries that are having difficulty. Greece, unfortunately, is back into uh, a negative purchasing manager's index. But the rest of the world uh, is uh, really picking up right now. The eyes right now are on China because China is the third largest economy in the world right now. And they're starting to flatten out. And there's some worry about what that means to the, again, the the rest of the world economy. (laughs) What is the IHS market U.S. composite index? Well, this is the consulting firm out Britain, IHS market. And appropriately, they are an international economic consulting firm. So they are accumulating statistics, again, from all over the world, as they implied. But, of course, uh, they have picked out particular countries that they're going to run their own survey. And in the United States, uh, they are surveying purchasing managers, not unlike what the Institute for Supply Management has been doing since, actually, 1932 was their first survey. IHS market has gotten into the United States and, again, doing uh, a, a similar survey, and often they come out with slightly different results, and uh, th- that's pretty much the case for this month too. Uh, they show an uptick, and the uh, lo- the ISM survey shows a, a, a little bit of uh, what I don't want to call it weakness, but not statistics that aren't as strong as they were. <laughs> uh, Doctor Long, uh, another thing too that I wanted to mention, or at least have get your comment on, is this uh, lumber uh, situation. It's people who need to build a house right now are pretty much even a picnic table in their backyard or are looking at uh, incredible uh, increases in prices. What's going on there? Well, once again, we had a panic of some sort. And we had a bunch of hoarding, I guess I would have to say, accumulation of inventory in anticipation of higher prices. And what has happened since the 1st of May uh, is, of course, we hit that peak that we were talking about. And the price, the lumber futures price, is about one-third of what it was just as far as last May is concerned. What will happen, of course, is that that number, the local numbers will start to come down, but it takes about six months or so to wash through the supply chain. And at that point, we really should be back to normal as far as the price of lumber is concerned. Again, we just had this uh, uh, temporary peak that occurred because of a panic, I guess I'm going to, I call it a panic as far as some of the builders are concerned, that they ran out and bought way, way more than what they needed to lay an inventory, and uh, that drove the price up, and now the bubble has burst and it's coming back down. <laughs> well, you know the old saying, measure twice and cut once. Uh, right now, measure four times and, <laughs> and cut once. <laughs> So right now, that's probably what they are doing, and some have just deferred their uh, their plans for that reason. Although the cost of lumber uh, in a house is not what it used to be on a percentage basis. Uh, the big cost factors in houses now 
uh, relate to bathrooms, siding, uh, uh, in the, in the kitchens, all those kinds of things uh, tend to be a lot more expensive than the framing lumber, which is probably the issue of oh, the major increases that we've had. Uh, in lumber prices, and this is what everybody is talking about when they go to the lumber yard to look for a sheet of plywood and find that it's so high in price. Dr. Brian Long, Director of Supply Management Research, Grand Valley State, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Always a pleasure. <laughs>